In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. If you know anything at all about St. Bartholomew, you probably know him from the front wall of the Sistine Chapel. Perhaps you've seen that remarkable painting. It's the Last Judgment, or perhaps you saw it on the flat screens as you came in this evening. It is a magnificent work by Michelangelo, and the very first thing you notice about St. Bartholomew is that it isn't St. Bartholomew at all, at least not all of him. It's just his skin, and it hangs there on the front wall of the Sistine Chapel like a ghost. That's because St. Bartholomew was skinned alive for the sake of the gospel. Building a new church is something like that. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like this project has been 10 years of rough edges and sharp corners. And sometimes, for some of you, I know that it has felt like being skinned alive. That feeling prompts the question, why? Why do this at all? Why build churches? And especially, why build a church like this? Why press every last penny and call in every last favor? and make every last plea for what is beautiful and glorious and true. Why do your best? Why go full blast, spending yourself as a donor or a staffer or a leader or a volunteer, spending yourself until there is nothing left to be spent? Why? because we believe in the resurrection. In the Holy Gospel for this evening, the feast day of St. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, Jesus says, follow me and you will see great things. Jesus used those words, follow me, for each one of his 12 disciples. And when he called those apostles, he set them on a path that was at odds with the world. Jesus sent his apostles out to speak for him. He who hears you, hears me. Jesus sent his apostles out to work for him. Lord, even the demons submit to your name. Jesus sent his apostles out to make wrongs right. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So off went St. Bartholomew to the little, the least, the lost, the last, and the dead. Off he went, says our tradition, to India, and then to Ethiopia, to Mesopotamia, and then to Armenia, to catechize, and to baptize, to heal and to bless, to hear confession and to absolve, and to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. And for that, the poor man was skinned alive. 
But that's all right. Because we believe in resurrection. Kill us, and we rise again. It's the same for all of you. When our Lord pulled you into his family, into his service, and into his church, with his follow me, he reset your own lives according to what is beautiful and glorious and true. But that also means he set you at odds with an ugly world. So at some point, you will find that if you stick with Jesus, the knives will come out. After all, follow me and see great things. Follow me to what it is beautiful and glorious and true really means follow me to the cross, a place that inescapably knows pain. And yet he guarantees you that the seeing is worth it. From the beginning, and I mean the very beginning, the church was shaped by being skinned alive. It was shaped by death and resurrection. In Acts chapter 2, the first Christians poured themselves full blast into, Christ, into Christ, Scripture, prayer, and the community of the Holy Eucharist, and all of that under the full authority of the Twelve Apostles. And they followed Jesus so well and so full blast that in later years even the pagans admired them. Look how they love one another, they said. But eventually being at odds with the world also brought them rough edges and sharp corners, and sometimes even death. Still, they never lost hope. Had they lost hope, you and I would not be here this evening. So the church's story has always been the story of struggle, the story of what it takes to move from death to life. It has always been the story of kill us and we rise again. And the very best church buildings have always reflected that. This building reflects the reality of the resurrection too. Everywhere you look, you see our Lord Jesus Christ dead and risen again for you. But here's the key, and you should never forget it, because this is the greatest gospel of all. If you get nothing else out of this consecration this evening, get this. You see only because Jesus saw you first. You only see because Jesus makes the first move. You only ever see because Jesus sees you first. Just like he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree before Nathaniel ever saw him. It works like this. Jesus sees you so that you can see him and rise again and live. This building absolutely shouts that reality. Jesus sees you at that door. Like so many magnificent ancient churches, this church has a gigantic font at the threshold where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit see you 
and wash you so that you can come into our Lord's house and approach him with a clear conscience as his own child. Jesus sees you in that floor. In the marble around the plot, there are eight bursts. There are one for each day of creation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But then there is one more for you. There is an eighth burst for the eighth day, the day of resurrection, the day of Easter, the day that our Lord recreated you with your baptism and made you his child. It is the day of your resurrection. Jesus sees you at that candle. That candle is enormous. But like Nicodemus, you will need lots of light to find your way home from here. The world is a very, very dark place right now, so Jesus gives you light to see. Jesus sees you as you walk. There on that stone, brought here from the holy city of Jerusalem, you walk where Jesus walked. So every time you take a step, you hear him saying, you are my child, follow me. Come and see great things. Jesus sees you from that lectern, where his gospelers speak his own words. St. Matthew, the winged man, St. Mark, the lion, St. Luke the ox, and St. John the eagle, our namesake. Every week those four tell you what it means when Jesus says, follow me. Most of all, Jesus sees you at his altar. Five crosses have been cut into the stone altar top marking his five wounds on the cross, two to his hands, two to his feet, and one to his side, from which came blood and water, Eucharist and baptism, so that you can see what you are really getting here. What was pierced with nails five times, long ago upon the cross, as a sacrifice for your sins. Tonight is miraculously present here on this altar. And tonight when his holy body and his holy blood touch you and forgive you and heal you and strengthen you, making you one body, making you one church, they also send you out of this place into the world to do his bidding. You all know this. We all learned this together over the last few years. He feeds you with his Eucharist so you can Eucharistia him. Give him great thanksgiving. There in that icon, you see the only thing in life that really matters. That is the thing which is most beautiful and glorious and true. Christ on the cross. Christ suffering in your place. Christ dying for your sins when you should die. 
Christ erasing your guilt, Christ covering your shame, Christ for you and not against you, have him and you have everything. And yet the most important thing about this icon is not that you gaze on it, but that all of you come under his gaze. Yes, the angels are weeping. He is broken in death. But he is not undone. After all, we believe in resurrection. In fact, in the way that this icon has been written, with layer after layer of paint, 62 in all, prayerfully applied, he glows with life, as if he is just about to rise again. Wrap it all together, and what great things do you see? You see what's in the gospel for this evening. You see Jacob's ladder connecting heaven and earth, and you understand that Jacob's ladder is Jesus Christ. With the angels ascending and des descending, escorting all his children home again, including you. Follow me. Come and see. Great things. Fonts, floors, altars, icons. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, the angels that fill this place, and life itself. We build churches like this, beautiful and glorious and true, because we believe in resurrection. It has been 10 years now, and tonight, a period is finally being put on the end of a very long sentence. If I have learned anything at all along the way, it is that wisdom is not cheap, and we pay for it with pain. But like old St. Bartholomew, we're here tonight to get our skin back, and then to get back to work, making disciples and making them stronger by bearing our Lord Jesus Christ in our bodies into a broken and a needy world. So come now and rejoice in a Christ who loves you so, loves you so that he sees you, and then he lets you see. He calls you to see all things that are beautiful and glorious and true. Holy things in a holy space filled with angels. Come now and live. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.